0: having finished our series in the book of Jonah, uh, we are returning to Revelation chapter one. Uh, If you remember, in the last lockdown, uh, we considered how this Apostle John, who was himself in exile on Patmos, uh, how he was able not just to cope, but to rejoice in a lockdown situation. And uh, we uh, looked at it more in terms of god's dealings with john uh, personally uh, the last time uh, we were in this chapter uh, but last Sunday evening uh, we began looking not just at the uh, one-to-one aspect of christianity which is vital uh, but there is also a corporate uh, aspect we are not saved uh, just to be isolated believers dotted around the place we are saved to be part of the body of christ and the body of christ the church isn't just a group of christians it's a mystic sweet communion we are parts of him uh, and he is the head and uh, we are going to look at what christ has to say to uh, his church and uh, god willing we will get to the seven letters in revelation two and three but we've started looking at verses four down to verse six in chapter one where we have john using the letter format not just for the seven letters but for the whole book so this is what we're doing you have a letter do you still have letters if you're a household you pick up a letter and you see uh, to whom it's addressed to, whether somebody else or whether it's to you. So the recipients. And we've already looked at that. Uh, the churches, the seven churches in Asia, the local church, but also the church in general. And then what you look at is the author. who's the letter from? And that's what we've started to look at. And on the first level, it's quite simple. Verse 4, John. Verse 4, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Uh, And yet, it's not just the human author, is it? Grace to you and peace from Him who is and who was and who is to come, God the Father, and from the seven spirits who are before His throne, God the Holy Spirit. And then tonight we're going to look at the third person of the Trinity. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The triune God is the author, not just of revelation, but of the whole of scripture but this God by his spirit uses human beings Uh, so each writer like John or Mark we're in the morning in Mark's gospel they will have different personalities and that comes through in the writing so John is a very eloquent writer Mark is very plain in his writing and the amazing thing is God uses these different personalities and it's a bit like that with preachers uh, Howell is different to myself and i am different to some other visiting preachers but it's the same spirits that is using us i think it's beautiful uh, the way god uses human beings and it's like that being part of the church we're all different but we're worshiping the one god now do you notice here more attention is given to the second person of the trinity jesus christ than to the father and to the holy Spirit. now i think that's important stew in one sense these seven letters are what christ has to say to the church why is that then well surely the whole purpose of our salvation yes ultimately that God the Father might be glorified. But the whole purpose is so that Christ might be lifted up. And Christ is the head of the church. And to me, that's what Christianity really is all about. I'm stating the obvious, please forgive me. Christianity is Christianity. So, do we have much of Christ? We should never uh, emphasize God the Father or God the Holy Spirit at the expense of Christ. And what we have here is Christ in his person and work. And they're kind of intertwined uh, And what I love about this, uh, a bit like Paul, uh, John begins to mention Christ in verse five, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the rulers over the kings of the earth. And then what happens? Uh, His heart is set on fire, as it were. And he gives us a doxology, which is a statement of praise. That's why you've got the amen. Isn't that amazing? Uh, John, Paul, Paul, all these New Testament writers, they don't just have a scientific interest in Jesus Christ. Uh, Tozer uh, used this illustration. He said, two men are down on their knees. One man is a scientist. He's analyzing. There's nothing wrong with that in its place. But sometimes we can approach theology in an analytical way. But the other man is down on his knees because he's worshiping. And that's what John is doing. Does the consideration of Christ make you want to get on your knees? I know you can do it this evening and just worship. That's important. And there is something else here as well, isn't there? Give me but Jesus, my Lord crucified. Give me but Jesus, my Lord crucified. So let's just look at verse... um, four, I think. Uh, no, we're down to verse five. Uh, we're not going to look at the whole of it, but look at how Christ is described here. He's given three titles. Interestingly, a person's title can describe their work as well as their person. I don't like this title, uh but we have to use it. I'm a reverent. Believe it or not, I'm a reverent. That's my title. And it describes my work. There are some doctors here, and that title describes what they're doing. So there are three titles here to describe Jesus Christ, and let 's go through each of them in turn. So the first title is this: and incidentally, some people see the three offices of prophet, priest, and king. Uh, we mentioned those before, didn't we, when we looked at the vision of Christ before the summer. Uh, some people see uh, prophet priest and king in these three titles maybe you'll see that as well and what's also significant here john isn't doing uh, superfluous repetition here he's not just uh, giving us fill here he's going to say some things about christ he's going to repeat again a little later on in the chapter and we looked at those characteristics before the summer but it doesn't matter if we're looking at them again there are no meaningless repetitions in the word of god right we need to hear christ again and again now then the first title the faithful witness so this can be prophets prophets what's the role of a prophet a prophet speaks from god thus saith the lord And Christ is the ultimate prophet. Moses said, God will raise up a prophet, capital P. And he was looking to the day of Jesus Christ. Only Christ really reveals God. Because he is God. He's from God. Uh, Let me just quote the Lord himself. Uh, John 1, 18... No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. You and I, we're sometimes speaking uh, out of our experience because we haven't been to heaven. We haven't been in the bosom of the Father, but Christ has from eternity So he knows what he's talking about. Uh, Or what about John 14? Uh, He, verse 9, he who has seen me has seen the Father. The words that I speak, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, he does the works. Christ, the true prophet. Uh, do, Do you like poetry? uh there uh there are courses and there where you can study different poets even bob dylan uh the recent winner a few years ago of the nobel prize for literature uh you can do a degree uh on uh the poetry of bob dylan and people uh will have all of these theories as to what he's saying in his poems and they don't have a clue the poet himself will then say, I didn't say that. They've got the wrong end of the stick. And aren't we a bit like that sometimes? We've got all our clever theories about God, about Christ, about salvation. The only one who really knows is the one who's come from the bosom of the Father, Jesus Christ In my previous church, I had a lady. She had no formal education, but she knew her Bible. She was spirit taught. She knew Christ. That's what matters. But there's something about Christ here, isn't there? Um, It's grace and peace that comes from him. Verse 4, grace to you and peace. So it's not just the person of Christ It's grace. That's what really gets us going, if I can put it like that, about Jesus Christ. And he doesn't just communicate the gospel to us. Uh, What did he say a little later on in John? Uh, John 14, 6, the most famous verse, maybe after John 3, 16. He's not just the one pointing to the grace of God. He said, I am, I am the way the truth, and the life he is. That, that's why a person can have a very little knowledge of salvation, but if he's trusting in Christ, he's saved, because Christ is the salvation, and you can have a great deal of knowledge up here in your head about salvation and not be saved, because you're not trusting in Christ. Look at how he's described here. Again, uh, verse 5. The faithful witness. Um, The Amen. That's another way of putting it. The Amen. What does Amen mean? So be it. Only Jesus Christ knows what your heart and mine are like. Uh, You know, uh, when we're going to get to the seven churches, he's going to do an inspection of each church. It's not what we think about the church. What does our head, Christ, think? Did you have school reports written on paper? I was still uh, of... uh, the age where they just about did them on paper you know sometimes teachers got it wrong didn't they Uh, i was reading about winston churchill the other day and they got it spectacularly wrong with winston churchill he had a terrible reports and yet he was mightily used of god i wonder what would jesus christ have to say about our church We have our views. We have our ideas. So, what does he think? You find it in the Old Testament that King David often sought the Lord, sought the mind of the Lord. But there were times when he didn't. He thought he knew best. And that's when he went astray. Do we seek the mind of Christ? the true prophets the only one who is ultimately faithful and he, he's trustworthy you know he's trustworthy uh, that's why i chose the hymn i know not why god's wondrous grace to me has been made known there are so many unknowns in life and the older you get the more you realize that there are things you really don't know anything about And we just have to say, I don't know, I don't know why God is allowing this to happen in my life. I don't know why our society is going the way it is, why God hasn't heard our cries for revival. I don't know why so few people are getting saved today. I don't know. there are things we know. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able. The Amen. I can trust him. You can. Uh, We sang in that hymn, I know not what of good or ill may be reserved for me these next months. We don't know, do we? Of weary ways of golden days before his face i said we don't know but we do know one thing he is faithful who will guide us and um, did you see the program on bbc on frank gardner uh, the bbc uh, defense correspondent who uh, uh, was um, paralyzed uh, by a terrorist attack many years ago and is now confined to a wheelchair and there was a clip that showed him traveling to colombia and having to go down into the jungle on a treacherous path and he couldn't go in his wheelchair so they had to uh, carry him the porters had to carry him and it was a really dangerous path there was a ravine there and he said he had to trust implicitly in the skill of those two porters that they would put their feet in the right place he didn't know them from Adam but he had to trust them can you trust in Christ you know Christ don't you can you trust him he knows the way he taketh and I will walk with him sometimes he has to carry me but often it's walking with him isn't it oh isn't it grand Christ the faithful witness. Don't, don't you revel in that title? So that's Christ as prophets. Let's hurry on to the next title. What else are we told about him? The firstborn from the dead. What's this? This is Christ as priest. Priest. Uh, one um, Corinthians 15. We'll come to that in a minute. Colossians 1:18. Uh, this title is given there. Uh, and he is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence? So, firstborn here can mean that he is first. He is always the one with the preeminence. He is numero uno, number one. And a priest in the Old Testament would have offered sacrifices to God. Uh, would have been a mediator between sinful people and a holy God and would intercede for those people and those are the things that Christ accomplished during his time on earth he offered himself as the sacrifice on the cross and he then in dying for our sin conquered death the last enemy imagine these Christians here they are being opposed already and facing a dark cloud of persecution martyrdom even under the Romans, and they are hearing about this death defeater in Jesus Christ, I'm sure that would have steeled their hearts. It would have put iron in their soul to know that the last enemy has been conquered by their saviour. That's why I'm blessed doing funerals. It doesn't make sense, does it? A funeral is the hardest thing to do, but not if you believe in the one who's conquered death and brought life and immortality to light through his gospel. And you know, he's at work at this very moment. He ascended to the right hand of the Father and interceding. That's what he's doing for you and for me. Do you feel relieved that there's somebody remembering you in prayer? I know we've lost some prayer warriors these last few years and we think rightly that it is a loss but we haven't lost the greatest prayer warrior pleading in heaven for me um joseph stalin a cruel tyrant uh, if people uh, had uh, uh difficulties they would write to stalin apparently and ask him to intervene for them to plead their case and sometimes Stalin would. <laughs> if a Stalin could do that, haven't we got a saviour who has all power and authority in the universe given to him? And he will plead your case. Uh, this is what Paul says in Romans 8. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died and Furthermore, is also risen who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. There is no one to condemn you as a Christian. You do not listen to the voice of the devil. You do not get bowed down by condemnation. Look to Jesus Christ. Uh, It's like the house of the interpreter in Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, You've got a character there who is um, mucking... raking let me say it right raking muck uh, he's just looking down at the muck spending all his time raking it and over his head somebody's holding a crown of righteousness and he doesn't see it he's just spending all his days muck raking aren't we a bit like that sometimes we just get so preoccupied with the muck of this world, we get preoccupied with the muck of our society, maybe the muck of uh, religious society, and we forget to look up and see Christ at the right hand of the Father and the crown of righteousness which will be ours one day. Looking unto Jesus the author and then you see the firstborn from the dead is not just firstborn in eminence it's also firstborn in terms of forerunner looking unto jesus the author and the finisher uh, of our faith he's gone ahead he he's the pioneer if you want Uh, so uh, that's why i asked for one corinthians 15 uh, to be read Uh, i mentioned this morning uh, when we are born into this world we are in Adam. The first Adam. And that's why we die. And that's why if nothing happens. We will end up going to hell. Because we are in Adam. All in Adam. Are in a state of condemnation. But when we are saved. We are translated from. That first Adam. And we are now in Christ. Who is the last Adam. And Christ is now our head. He's now our forerunner. And so. When Christ lived the perfect life, we were in him. He was living it for us. When Christ died for sin on the cross, we were dying with him. And this is the truth here this evening. When Christ rose from the dead, we were being raised with him as well. And that's why our salvation is guaranteed. It's not going to be up to you and me. Thank God. Our glorification when we will be received into glory with Christ, when we will reign with him, is as guaranteed as the day when we were first saved. Because we're joined to Christ. Remember Dillis Price? Who cannot remember Dillis Price? She went to be with the Lord recently. In her 80s, she was still skydiving. And when she started skydiving, she would, I think, be... um, latched on to somebody so it all depended on the professional she was joined to my friends you're latched on to christ you're latched on to him the the theologians call this union with christ i think that's where the college in bridge end gets its name from union a wonderful truth a good name for a college as well Our salvation is guaranteed because we are united to Jesus Christ. Have you heard of Anne Steele, the hymn writer? Was she 19th century? She she suffered, right? She had doubts. She was a genuine believer, but she lacked assurance. It was probably with Anne, something to do with her temperament. She was like that with everything. And maybe you are a bit like that. And it doesn't matter because it doesn't depend on your feelings. And this is what Anne wrote. Th- this is what we need to get into our heads. This is what it means having Christ, the first fruit, the forerunner. If my immortal saviour lives, then my immortal life is sure. Can I repeat that? You may be feeling rotten spiritually. Listen, if my immortal Saviour lives, then my immortal life is sure. His word a firm foundation gives. Here let me build and rest secure. Here let my faith unshaken dwell. Immutable, unchanging, thy promise stands. Not all the powers of earth or hell can e'er dissolve. The sacred bonds. Praise the Lord. I'm united to Jesus Christ. Here, O my soul, thy trust repose. If Jesus is forever mine, not death itself, that last of foes shall break a union so divine. You're married to Christ. Well, we're betrothed to Christ. We're going to be married. That's going to happen when we get to glory. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, let me just give you one more title here Uh, he's the prophet he's the priest and he's the king the ruler over the kings of the earth after he completed his work before he was ascended to heaven he said to his disciples fear not all power and authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me all power All the kingdoms of the world, all the thrones, are under his throne. Who is Stalin? Who is the Roman emperor who was persecuting the church at this point? I need to give you some history here. I'm sorry, I I only got into history when I became a Christian. Because it's his story. dom I can't pronounce these names to save my life Domitian was the emperor at the time you can correct me afterwards and he was starting a new wave of persecution this was after Nero he started a new wave of persecution and apparently he was a cr- cruel tyrant uh, a bit like Stalin uh, if if you uh, made jokes about him uh, he would put you to death right And he demanded to be called Lord and God. That's a nice fellow for you, isn't it? Domitian. And he started a wave of persecution that John was preparing the church for. And what John is saying to these people is this. See that emperor who thinks he's Lord and God? He's under the thumb of King Jesus, your saviour. The one who is pleading your case in heaven. The one who is guiding you through this world. The devil, when he tempted Jesus, offered him all the kingdoms of the world, didn't he? If Jesus would serve the devil. Thankfully, Jesus resisted that temptation. And by going to the cross, Jesus was exalted. And had all power and authority in heaven and on earth. And it's the same for you and for me. Joined to Christ, following Christ. The devil whispers in our ear that it's by compromise, by trying uh, to go along with the world. uh, Especially when difficulties come. That that's how we are going to somehow survive. Oh no. The Christian life is dying to live. He who will save his life, said Jesus, shall lose it. But he who will lose his life, and that doesn't mean physical death all the time. It may mean that, but it can mean any kind of humiliation. He who will lose his life for my sake shall gain it. Dying to live. That's how Jesus was exalted. That's how you and I are going to be exalted. There's no other way. Sorry to say it that's the truth and the sooner we realize that the more we'll grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ do you know what happened to mission just a few years after this letter was written <laughs> he was um, executed by a conspiracy of friends do you know what happened to john he didn't die on patmos he was released and he went back to his church in ephesus king jesus Allowed Domitian, the most powerful man in the world, to die. And for John to go back to his church. But even if John had died in Patmos and Domitian would have lived, John would have been promoted to glory. And Domitian would still have died. Dying to live. there there are so many stories that really thrill your heart uh, from the early church some of the martyrs in the early church I just want to finish by giving you an account of one of them Uh, he was um, uh, Ignatius Bishop of Antioch in Syria and he apparently uh, sat at the feet of John but he was persecuted uh, Ignatius not under Domitian but under a later emperor Trajan right? Trajan and uh Ignatius's surname was Theophoros and he appeared this Bishop before the Roman Emperor Trajan and Trajan asked him what does Theophoros mean and uh, Ignatius answered one who has Christ in his heart the Emperor says don't you think that God's live in us too fighting for us against our enemies?" You shouldn't give the name gods to the demons of the nations, says Ignatius. For there is only one God who made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them, and one Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, whose kingdom be my portion. You mean his kingdom who was crucified under Pilate's? His who crucified my sin with its author and has put all Satan's fraud and malice under the feet of those who carry him in their hearts. Do you then carry within you him who was crucified? I do, for it is written, I will dwell in them and walk in them. Trajan commanded Ignatius to be taken to Rome and thrown to the wild beast for the entertainment of the people. On the way there, Ignatius wrote, I long for the beasts that are prepared for me. Now I'm beginning to be a disciple. May I envy nothing of things seen or unseen That i may attain to jesus christ let there come on me fire and cross and struggles with wild beasts cutting and tearing asunder racking of bones mangling of limbs crushing of my whole body cruel tortures of the devil may i but attain to jesus christ i am the wheat of god and i am ground by the teeth of beasts that i may be good pure bread and so to the lions and then on to glory we're bound to glory my friends and it's through much tribulation that we must enter because it's only through that that we learn of our savior the threefold christ prophet priest and king Uh, Last word, I think, to Richard Baxter. Lord, it belongs not to... No, it's not Richard Baxter. It's somebody else. I haven't got the name. Lord, it belongs not to my care, whether I die or live. To love and serve thee is my share, and this thy grace must give. If life be long, I will be glad that I may long obey. If short, why should I be sad? To soar to endless day. Onwards and upwards, each day is taking us nearer to our eternal home. Now we're going to sing together a hymn. La, I think it's Lamb of God, Thou now art seated." Does that sound right? Yeah, Lamb of God, thou now art seated. We'll stand to sing uh, this uh, hymn. Thank you.